You're listening to Lost and Sound in Berlin, a podcast exploring music and identity in Berlin. Paul Hanford. I've always believed that one of the most powerful ways we come together is through music. And there's something about music in Berlin that's always drawn me in. So much so that last year I packed a couple of bags, got on a plane, and I moved here. My mission? To meet people whose lives and loves weave in and out of the rich tapestry of music that spans across this city and across the years. And through this, I want to learn and share with you just why Berlin has such a creative energy. been here 20 months now and I think one of the things that surprised me is the things I've picked up about my own Britishness and the way people perceive that. I remember it was one of those times that Brexit was going to happen and didn't and I had a bit of a cold and I went to the pharmacy to get some vitamins and the pharmacist when she heard my English accent was like oh you're English poor you with real concern in her voice more so for like the situation of being English in this Brexity year than than the fact that I was snivelling with a cold. I'm in Kreuzberg on my way to meet Sasha Pereira, a fellow Brit who moved here ages ago. Sasha makes music under the name Pereira elsewhere, and I find her sound both soulful and experimental. Some have called her music doom folk. And it's what you can hear playing in the background right now. We sit by the canal and Sasha lights a spliff. How did you first discover Berlin? Through just chance, man. I, I happen to have studied European politics in German. And I did Erasmus in Cologne in uh, 98, and then people kept on telling me about the city, and they kept on telling me things about the city which I didn't know before, about uh, just the amount of open space, the amount of public space, the amount of alternative culture. And they literally just said, go stay with friends of friends. And everyone I met was super nice to me and let me stay in their apartment. So I just went back to London to finish my degree and said to everyone, I'm moving there. And I said it so often that if I hadn't done it, it would have been so shameful. So you, you kind of forced yourself moving here by telling everyone that you're doing By it. telling everyone, but I was shocked. I was, was shocked. I was like, wow, what an escape route is awaiting me. What an escape route from the fucking rat race city, you know? I mean, it actually started in Cologne, to be fair, because when I went there to do Erasmus, I was like, oh, my God, people, have, they're students and they can afford a beer and they can, like, afford a pizza and they've got, like, an apartment. And, oh, my God, they've got a tap which hot 
and cold water comes out of at the same time and they don't have like carpets in their toilet so I suddenly got this completely weird perspective of this island which I come from Britain so <laughs> I don't know I think I just gained like a different perspective when I went back to London I was like you know people are being really taken a piss out of here mm. and that was it I think I realised that people just have a really fucking hard life in London you know So what were the things at the time, your earliest memories of Berlin? I was quite cheesy, actually. I think I just watched that um, Wim Wenders film, The Himmel über Berlin. Yeah, The Wings of Desire. The Wings of Desire, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think I went with my camera, my analogue camera, and took loads of pictures and stuff and developed all my own fucking pictures and all that kind of shit. I was really young. And, um, I mean, also all these locations where you went raving and stuff, because I was really into German history and stuff. It, It had... I mean, just standing on uh, a Luxemburgplatz for me meant something just because I knew about the revolution and about who these people were and stuff. I guess for a lot of people, it probably doesn't mean that much to them. So, combination of uh, rave and history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> history and rave. History but and it, rave. In and a just way. the darkness of this place. I mean, seriously, there were actually bullet holes everywhere. Yeah. So you'd just be like, whoa, you know, I felt, I don't know, I felt like somewhat, somewhat humbled by the city. Do you think, uh, like you say, like, you sort of like talking like a past context of that? Do you, you talk about a lot of these buildings don't exist anymore? I mean, Palace de la Republique, you know? Palace yeah, Republique, that, yeah. which I've just knocked down and turned into a rebuilt a castle. Well done. Um, I've I've organised events and I've actually booked Bob Grime MCs to play in that place and stuff and yeah a lot of them do exist a lot of them have been also converted into different things I mean like Bunker that old club is now the Boros collection you know that big art collection in there so a lot of stuff does exist but it's just uh, changed it's not as accessible I mean you still get stuff like that here not that you don't but it's a bit less let's say it's been its value has been quantised can you for a, a for a audience <laughs> for so, an audience let's just say when I moved here I felt like the audience who were looking at Berlin was a German audience it was an international audience looking at it but it was much smaller it was definitely much tighter within either the music scene or the art scene or the culture scene you know it wasn't such a kind of like when I first moved here everyone wanted to move to Barcelona right, it was exactly yeah. the time where everyone was like oh everyone like, all of London's moving to Barcelona and then they fucked that city. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know, it's just a, it's a really weird time, you know? Also, um, for me coming from London, it's not so much access to nature, but here people are really, you know, they'll, they'll just get up and go to a lake even after they get out of a club and stuff. And people go on their bikes everywhere. And for me, it was like a real flash in terms of like the life you could lead. Also, I've never had a driving license, yeah? So actually the first form of independent transportation which I've, um, experience as an adult is a bicycle in Berlin, you know. And I mean, if you see people here, they just ride bicycles for the whole of their life. They never really abandoned it. Whereas I feel like in England, it's something which was like rediscovered and remarketed as like, you know, live in Hackney, ride a bike. Things get very sort of institutionalized fast or branded fast. My joke was always, 
I think it was when I went back in about 2004 and I just lived here for a few years and I was like, it's really weird, isn't it? You go in a supermarket and there's a mango and in Britain there'll be a sticker on it going, a very ripe mango. And you'll be like, okay, thanks, brainstorming supermarket marketing team. Thank you for that. And here it's just not going to be like that as much, you know. And all those kinds of things became very apparent to me when I started living here, basically. So basically there's a less corporate culture here? Yeah, I mean... In a way, yeah. If you think of Germany, it is the sort of place which comes up with a lot of ideas and technology, but I don't know if communication is that absolute strong point, like summarising everything to make you think you need it. Mm. Not really what they do, do, you know? I mean, I think, I mean, even, it's really funny. Some older Germans told me that back in the day, they used to, at school, they'd be offered stuff, offered stuff like small talk class. Mm. I mean, not a small, small talk, talk class. class. What's when they learn to say, like, you know, it's been raining a bit yeah, recently. Yeah, because hasn't it? because the idea is for them. I know, I know, like, an older German will probably say something like, "Oh, in Britain, they drink tea and they eat cake and they good at small talk." And it's like, what the fuck is small talk, man? It's just like banter, right? It's like yeah. happen. You don't have yeah. to think about it. So yeah, do you feel that there's like a, I always kind of feel that there's this kind of combination of free spiritedness and pragmatism here? Yeah, Yeah. No, no, it's true, and this, uh, and there is an element of naturalism, and yeah, and I mean, I guess it's not a country which you're going to come to and be super entrepreneurial. The funny thing is, I remember when I moved here in 2000, so my parents were Sri Lankan. My mum was like Germany, and then she came back and she's like Berlin. That's really, that is uh, what was the word she used? Oh, fuck with D. Wait, D. From the twenties. Oh, de- debauched? Decadence? Decadence, Decadence. that was it. She yeah. came to me and she was a very decadent city. I was like, Mum, who have you been talking to? You never used that word in your whole fucking life, right? I was like, okay, someone told you about the 20s. And then she was like, not a place Asians go and make money. I don't know any Asians who moved to Germany, got one petrol station a year later, had 12. I don't know that. You know, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, but I don't really want to do petrol stations. She was like, go and talk to Uncle Harold. He's going to cheat. And Uncle Harold was like... It's true. Asians go to America, they get rich really fast. And he was like, and look, when Germans go on holiday, what do they eat? They just eat sausage and chips. It's not somewhere you can go and sell food either. And I was like, guys, you've not really understood what I want to do, but thanks for the advice. But I mean, they have a point, hmm. you know? So, I don't know. Just uh, <laughs> There's also funny things. Like I remember in about 2006, I'd go back and I realised that in Germany, hardly anyone had an iPhone because it's so expensive to get one. And your contracts were so... Like it was only like eight years after they'd stopped being government-run companies or something, right? Yeah. And in London, yeah. it was like every Polish cleaning lady had an iPhone. So was everyone having, like, burners here? It was before. Now mm. it just takes a lot... I don't know, I feel like the market has become much more relaxed in the last 20 years. You've got to understand this country was basically, like, really social democratic and mm. for probably what most Americans would describe as communist in terms of yeah. the whole taxation system and subsidies for arts and all that kind of stuff, so... I think some of that is actually, um, I hope a lot of that stays, for sure. Yeah, because do you feel like um, in one way, say, you know, you've got England in the middle, you've got like America <laughs> on the other side, Definitely. and that represents everything neoliberalistic about the world, Absolutely. and then you've got Berlin here where there's, is it still an illusion that, is it an illusion that, you well, know, that it is... I think there are very practical things here as well, where hmm. um, I don't think it's... I mean, if you compare it to Britain, like, everything you get in terms of just how the state treats you as an individual, I would say it's generally a bit better, apart from hmm. maybe the bureaucratic element. Yeah. And we've got to say Germany-wide and Berlin. These are two different places, right? Because hmm. Berlin is basically just overstretched. The infrastructure is... It's a really fun city to live in, but technically the infrastructure is fucked here. 
Well, other cities in Germany, which they don't. I don't think in southern Germany they have the same infrastructural problems here, you know. There's an element of bass culture to her sound that is very English. But then, as I crossed the bridge in Maberhofer, listening to her most recent release, the Frill EP, I can hear the atmosphere of the German buildings peering down and reflecting in the water below. When I moved here, there were loads of drum and bass parties and people still playing jungle and stuff. And there's always been that scene of people... There's just always been lots of crossover music here, you know, and there are a lot of musicians here and there are a lot of people who've got time for music. There's a lot of that. But, I mean, obviously, it's in a way... It's not homegrown in the way that it is in London, you know, for, mm. for sure. When I'm standing at a bus stop in London and see this car drive past me and this dad driving his two kids to school and there's just this crazy pirate radio sound pumping, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why, you know. No, I mean, for me, this is the my big connection to Britain and also I mean it's so interesting even with like Caribbean music or Jamaican music so much just a hybrid of Indian and African rhythms you know what I mean and this is the stuff which really speaks to me so it's what I very much appreciate about I'm sure I'm such a hybrid musician because I come from such a hybrid place What are the elements of Berlin that feed into your music? Look at the loneliness in my music (laughs) (laughs) So that's like the soul then? No it's really funny it's I guess for some people, I guess for somebody who's really into soul, they'd be like, she has none. I'm pretty sure, you know, if you just, if you if You mean conventional soul. Conventional right. soul, exactly. Right. I think there's a lot of soul in my music. Yeah. There, but it comes from a soulful place, like a bluesy place. This is quite a bluesy city. It doesn't feel like it right now because it's summer, but... I think also the DIY culture of the city, because I got here and I just met people and they had, like, home studios. It was pretty early and everyone was sharing cracks and sharing tech, you know. And for me, definitely this whole DIY culture of being able to, wanting to make stuff alone, wanting to make it in the living room before I had a studio, wanting to basically have quite an... I I mean, I'm totally autodidact in terms of music production and I've learned that just through other people and learning through trying and I think that comes from here. Because in London it would simply be like much more results oriented. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's true actually. And I had a lot of time to experiment with stuff and... People were supportive of me in terms of like, hey, lend you gear, whatever, buy this, do that, you know what I mean? And I was like, cool. Is there a danger in, because things aren't so results orientated here, that as an artist, you could just kind of go on making ideas without... I think, for me, I always need a deadline to do stuff. And I always had deadlines because I'd start sending stuff out and people were interested and then they'd be like, so we're going to do it and it's now happening better fucking finish and I couldn't be like oh I haven't finished yet I just had a fucking purpose I didn't I was trying to find what to do I didn't have any money I didn't have like money just to sit here and do nothing mm. it was like alright got to get the shit moving so I mean some, I've heard people say stuff like oh Berlin a bit like Brighton as opposed to people come to to lose their ambition which is it sounds really funny but I mean there's a really good thing about ambition there's a really bad thing about ambition as well as I said I think you know growing up in London is quite a hardcore place to grow up you know yeah if you want to make fucking tons of money then maybe you have better chances in LA but you're going to need a lot more money to move there in the first place and I'm just not a car person I've never moved someone like that and I don't know I just people ask me also oh you know your music is it because you live in a city like Berlin yeah, no, I could also live in a village. My music is about what I'm trying to express, yeah? Okay, the other side of it is maybe making contacts, making connections. 
you know, you can also live in a city where all those connections exist and you're not the kind of person to talk to those people. Anymore. So why are you going to bother living there? Do you know what I mean? You've mm. got to find the right formula for yourself. And yeah, if you want to make money as an artist, you've got to find a balance between... You can't just live in a shell. You've got to talk to people or whatever. But I think there's no there's no real formula. I don't yeah. know if I'd move... Let's say I was 20 now. I'm not sure if I'd move here now. Probably too many people move here for me to find it exciting. So you, you kind of came up for you was like the kind of right era to... I was shocking yeah. everyone by saying I would mm. come here. I was shocking everyone by saying I was speaking German. I was shocking everyone by saying that Germany is not a really boring place for boring people to live. People were really like, what's exciting about Berlin? And they had no idea. And now, like, its image just precedes it. So there's a lot it has to live up to. So maybe mm. it would be like... Ugh. What would you say to, say, you have a friend from London that's thinking about moving here now... What advice would you give them about moving here? Learn German immediately. Purely because it sounds a bit rude, but I would find it extremely boring. I would not live here for 18 years and listen to German speaking English. I just feel like I'm omitting like a, certain, a massive portion of their personality. That it's you know it's not to it's not because it's actually for selfish reasons because I'd find it so un, not entertaining. I just need to be entertained more. So Germans <laughs> for me are pretty funny black humour dark witty weird in German in English it's like sometimes you can just hear this motor ticking and understandably like how funny are you in German do you know what I mean so, yeah yeah so I would just say do it yeah and I know that everyone's like but I don't know if I'm going to stay doesn't matter do some brain gymnastics for the time that you're here like probably save you from Alzheimer's later just even this small period of your life trying to learn a fucking language and the other thing is where would I learn German I'd definitely go to the normal Volkshochschule and I would make friends who don't speak English I would make friends with Iranians Chinese people whatever mm. people who do not speak any English I'd go and like drink with them or something or do whatever it takes to speak English with them uh, German with them and make a few buds like that After meeting Sasha, I thought about her frankness and wit, and it made me think about how my own identity is changing. I remember when I first got here, I used to find things like balconies and even the sounds on the U-Bahn to be kind of romantic and exotic. And like very quickly, they become just like normal day to day to the point where when I go back to London now, things there has sort of become more exotic to me even though that's where I come from occasionally I get a little bit homesick with this and I usually find what I do is I binge watch something on Netflix that's filmed in Britain like there was one time I watched every single episode of Prime Suspect in a day uh, just to get my fix on British council flat architecture You've been listening to Lost and Sound in Berlin, a podcast exploring music and identity in Berlin. Written, produced and presented by me, Paul Hanford. Theme music 
by Tom Giddens. You also heard the Pereira Elsewhere track, Sunk in Motion, featuring Disfig. And that's on the Frill EP, available in all your online record outlets. And if you'd like to support my work, you can donate as little as the price of a coffee on my fund page. Go to www.lostandsoundpodcast.com for more information. Thanks for listening.